0: We're in the last installment of our series called Grace Changes Everything and I want to inv- uh, welcome you to our 11am service. My name is Bojo I'm one of the pastors here in Green Hills. And uh, we, again we're in the last installment of Grace Changes Everything. How many of you guys have been blessed by this series Grace Changes Everything? Yeah. Okay, good. Cause inong 9am as in wala talaga. Okay. So at least kayo, yung 11am natin. <laughs> um, but uh, you know it's a privilege to be able to share the word of God with you this morning. And I I want to get right into the Word of of God, if that's okay with you. So if you have your Bibles with you, kindly open up to Luke chapter 19, verses 1 to 10. And I want to invite you to stand up as we give reverence to the Word of God. And if you don't have a Bible, it's okay. We have it here on the keynote. So allow me to read it. It says here in Luke 19, verse 1, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus, he was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he could not, because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. And when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, "Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today." So he came down at once. Uh, uh, so he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. And all the people saw this and began to mutter. He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Verse 8, But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save what was lost. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you, Father God, for this morning that we can come into your presence and hear from your word. Lord, I pray that you would open up our hearts and minds today to receive from you. Lord, we thank you, Father God, for you sent your son Jesus here onto this earth to seek and to save the lost of which we are, uh, we are part of, the lost. Yet you have found us, Lord God, and invited us into your kingdom and into your families. Lord, we thank you this morning. We thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. You may go ahead and take your seats. Uh for the last couple of months, you know, my wife and I have been enrolling our kids in a sort of football uh, camp. Okay? Hindi pusa soccer, football. Okay, uh, and uh, these are our two kids: our six-year-old and four-year-old, and they are part of this age group, na three to, three to six years old. So, meron silang mga skills that they practice with their coaches, okay, kicking the ball and all of these things. And the last fifteen minutes of their uh, workshop. Uh, sorry, last 15-20 minutes, yes. mayroon po silang scrimmage, okay? Where yung group nila, they'll be divided into two teams and they would play against each other, trying to score a goal against each other. <clears throat> now, one of the recent uh, trainings nila, um, uh, uh, w- after their scrimmage, uh, we, I noticed that uh, our, our daughter, our six-year-old daughter, Medyo malungkot siya eh. parang her she wasn't happy um, and I asked her what was wrong and she said that uh, the other boys on the other team were saying that oh they're a, oh these are just a bunch of babies okay so affected siya and so I said okay so how did that make you feel sad and she was teary eyed uh, she was trying to hold back her tears. It was only when her mom asked her again, <sighs> she started crying. Okay. And and I asked and, and her son, Panang Dead siya So I asked him, Mateo, did you hear the other kids they were saying that oh the baby was yes. Okay. How did that make you feel? Nice. Huh? Okay. They both heard the same thing. Ito sensitive si ate. Okay, um, she was sad. Si Teo was dead malang, nice though. So was, me and my wife were wondering, bakit nice? Okay, so, and, and my, my son is probably the shortest there, kaya yung, yung teen nilang, they were like shorter talaga than the other five-year-old, six-year-old kids. They were probably twice as tall as them, no? Um, but my wife and I were wondering, "A ah, baka kasi si Teo, kapag baby, cute. Okay? So, he thought, he was cute. Daw siya. So, when they say, call him baby, he was cute. That's why it was nice. Okay? So, why am I sharing that story? You not know. I share. our story that we're about to dive into, Zacchaeus, um, Zacchaeus and the people that he lived with in Jericho, they were saying so many different things about him, and it greatly affected him, much like my daughter. Okay? And sometimes how we, how we respond to what people say about us can really affect us. It can, it can hamper our faith, it can you know, get us stuck where we are, or you know, it can push us to do something more. I don't know, it depends, right? And even though Zacchaeus was in the wrong, because of what everyone was saying, he lost all semblance of dignity and respect. Okay? And we're going to find out more about what happened. Okay? In verse one, okay, let's start from verse one. It says, "Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through." Okay, Jesus was only passing through the Jericho. He had no agenda there. He had no itinerary there. The previous chapter, which was our preaching last week, Jesus healed a blind man, Bartimaeus, who was just on the outskirts of Jericho. Papuntang Jericho, see Jesus, and you mga blind and all lame and all these people, they were kicked out of the city. They were living just beyond the city borders because they were outcasts. And so uh, Jesus was passing this way on his way to Jerusalem. So he had no plans. He was, you know, he was just going, passing through, okay? And it says here in verse 2, there were, here in the city of Jericho, there was a man by the name of Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. Now, he wasn't just any tax collector. He was the boss, okay? He was the one, he was the boss that all the other tax collectors reported to. Now, here's the thing about tax collectors during the time of Jesus. uh, They were under the Roman Empire, Roman rule, and the the taxes they were collecting was for the Roman uh, Empire, a foreign ruler. And so you can just imagine the Jews who have already been oppressed by the Roman uh, Empire, now, have to deal with their fellow men, tax collectors, mga tax collectors, fellow Jews rin sila. Eh. Yet they are on the other side, kumbaga. They they're working for the enemy. So you can just imagine that these Jews hated these men, these tax collectors, because not only were they collecting for the people who were oppressing them, but they were adding to it. Kumbaga, they, they were getting a little bit for themselves. Kaya naging wealthy, see si, uh, Zacchaeus Not, I mean he wasn't just a regular he was the boss he was a chief tax collector so you can just imagine uh, how, many, how, much, how much riches he has because Jericho wasn't just an ordinary city Jericho was a passageway towards Jordan towards Jerusalem so there were businesses there people who would probably stop by you know, uh, b- before going on to their, their final destination so there was, business was good so as the businesses flourished the wealth of Zacchaeus prospered as well because of his corruption. Okay. Now, again, Zacchaeus, because of his dealings with the people and his job, he was naturally hated by the Jews, by the Israelites. Okay. Verse 3 to 4, it says here that he wanted to see who Jesus was. Jesus was passing through. He wanted to see who Jesus was. But because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. Now, it says he wanted to see who Jesus was. How does Zacchaeus know who Jesus is? What compelled him to want to know or to see who this guy was? All right. Now, it, the Bible doesn't say, it does not tell us exactly uh, what happened. Maybe because he heard in chapter 18 that Jesus healed this blind man word spread out narinig ni Zacchaeus oh, sino pala sintong Jesus naghihin he does this he does all of that another th- another thought or, or or way of how Jesus heard about Je- uh, sorry Zacchaeus heard about Jesus was probably through a fellow tax collector by the name of Matthew now if you remember Matthew is a disci- one of the 12 disciples of Jesus Again, this is not in the Bible. This is just me as a kid's pastor painting you a picture, okay? So Matthew, a tax collector, gives up his career to follow Jesus. So I don't know how close Zacchaeus was. I mean, he was a chief tax collector. but he was acquainted with him. I don't know if they worked together. But I'm sure he probably knew, or maybe somebody reported, Boss, Matthew is and so, he's probably curious now. What would cause this man, this young man, who was at the, you know, uh, at the peak of his career, who had so much wealth, so much riches ahead of him, to give it all up for this person named Jesus? Because something compelled Zacchaeus. He wanted to see who Jesus was. Okay? But here's the problem. He was short. How many of you can relate? Don't raise your hand. It's okay. Aho, oh, growing up, I was like that. In school, I'm always the first in line. mo ba yun? The shortest to tallest. I love short people. I married one. Okay. My wife. Petite and gorgeous. Yes, plus points. Okay. He was short. So he had a problem going, trying to see Jesus through all the people, the crowd. There was a crowd, again, okay? There was a crowd there, and Zacchaeus knew these people hated him, okay? He knew that they were talking behind his back. They knew that they looked down on him, not just literally, but figuratively. They knew how much that even if he tried to say, excuse me, excuse me, in the crowd, Nobody would let him through. So you can just imagine the people, the crowds who were also there to see Jesus. Nakita nila si Zacchaeus. na siya? Pandak na You can just imagine the animosity, the hatred of these people towards this man. And Zacchaeus knew that. But he was determined to see Jesus. He wasn't accepted. He was ostracized by society. It was difficult for him in the crowd. Maybe some of us, we find ourselves in similar situations where we're being labeled and dismissed by society, whether out of our own doing or not. Where people begin to look at us and say that uh, this person is beyond help, beyond hope. This person is worthless. This person is too broken. He's not worthy. She's not worthy. And we hear these things, whether directly or indirectly, about us, and it affects us and how we relate to society, how we relate to community, how we relate to people around us. But here's one thing that we can see in the life of Zacchaeus he knew all of these things and what people thought about him, but that did not stop him from wanting to see Jesus. He was determined to see Jesus with his own two eyes. He didn't care what people thought. He already lost dignity and respect amongst his peers, his people. But he wanted to see Jesus. Desperate times call for desperate measures, which is why he climbed up a sycamore tree. Evidence of his determination, evidence of his willingness to do whatever it takes. And he would stop at nothing just to be able to see who this Jesus was. Luke paints this picture of shame and embarrassment and being undignified of this boss, chief tax collector, wealthy man, climbing up a sycamore tree. How desperate are we to see Jesus? How desperate are we to see Jesus? Are we willing to wake up earlier than usual? Just so that we can open up the word of God and find out, Lord, who are you? Speak to me. Or, Lord, bugasnang. What are we willing to do in order to see Jesus? Are we willing to take time and disciple our kids and to share to them who Jesus is there or Okay lang Nasa kid's church naman sila eh. What are we willing to do in order to see who Jesus is? <clears throat> Verse 5. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up at him and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. Jesus looked at Zacchaeus. Again, Jesus had no agenda in Jericho. He, he was just passing through. Yet he sees this man climbing up, this little man climbing up the tree, and it drew Jesus' attention. Now, again, there is a crowd. There is a crowd of people in Jesus' way, to his right, to his left, behind him, in front of him. They all wanted to see Jesus just like Zacchaeus. But what made Zacchaeus different? Why out of all the people in the crowd... Jesus went and approached the spot of the tree, which Zacchaeus had climbed. I believe it's because Jesus knew, and he felt that Zacchaeus needed more than a glimpse of who Jesus was. Because Zacchaeus, okay, lang sa kanya na I just needed to see who this man that everyone's talking about. Okay But Jesus knew otherwise. No. This person needs something more than that. This man on the tree needs more than to see who I am. He needs to know who I am. He calls out to Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, come down immediately. Imagine this. Again, Jesus had no idea, had had never met Zacchaeus before. Zacchaeus had never met Jesus before. Yet Jesus calls him by name. What does that tell us? He knew Zacchaeus by name. He knew what he was going through. He knew what were the issues deep, deep down in his heart. He knew that he was living in isolation. He knew that the people hated him. He knew that these people were ostracizing him from everyone else. He knew the pain that he was going through. He knew the shame and the dignity he he had lost. Jesus knew all of that when he called him by name. And maybe for some of us here today, Jesus is even calling us by name, one by one. I know you. I know what you're going through. You haven't told anyone about it, but I know. I know your pain. I know the shame. I know the suffering that you're going through. Yes, you put on that brave face of yours, but I know. It's okay. Cuz I know you by name. You are mine. You are my son, you are my daughter. When Jesus comes to Zacchaeus and says, "I must stay at your house today." Had no agenda, no had no plan. Yet cancels all of that. Postpones his trip to Jerusalem. Zacchaeus, I must stay at your home today. I must be with you. I must honor you as you receive me with your hospitality. I'm going to associate with you. I'm going to be in close company with you. And you don't have to do anything or to prove to anyone as to why I want to be with you. You don't have to do anything. I'm here. I want to be with you. You are worth being with no matter who you are or what you've done. That's what Jesus is saying here. You are worth being with whether you changed or not. Even if you're still the same person that you were 10 years ago, I still want to be with you. You are worth my time no matter what these people think. No matter what these religious leaders say, you are worth my time. Because you are as precious as anyone. And maybe some of you needed to hear that today. Jesus is saying to you, my son and my daughter, I must be with you today. I must come into your house today. I must come into your life today. I must come into your heart this moment because I want to be with you. And there's no matter, it doesn't matter what people may say or think about it because I want to be with you. You don't have to prove anything to me because I just want to be with you. Zacchaeus who was lost, who was broken, who was in pain, who was living in isolation and under a Hatred from his fellow man. Jesus said, I want to be with you. The fact that Jesus ate with and spent time with someone who was considered a sellout, a traitor, a deceiver, without morals, was an act of grace. That the Pharisees in the crowd could not comprehend. What just happened? What's going on? is to see Jesus? Healer, teacher, prophet. Why is he? Why? Why? Why is he having fellowship? Why does he want to go into this sinner's house? Why? They were shocked. They were. What's going on here? The Pharisees, the religious leaders, the Israelites, here's what they thought. They thought. Jesus must feel the same way about Zacchaeus, the same way we feel about Zacchaeus. That's why they were shocked. Di si Jesus, yan? E yun yung kalaban? Di ba alam ni Jesus? He is a sinner. If you look in scriptures, tax collectors are associated in the same category as adulterers, unjust. Extortionist, Lahat yan same In the eyes of the Jews. That's why they were sinners, that's why they were hated. And so the Jews were like, love me Jesus, na Chief tax collector He stole from us. He has been oppressing us for the longest time already. Why, 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 why does Jesus want to be with him? Why? Came down at once and welcomed him gladly. And all the people saw this and began to mutter. I mean, you mutter. They were complaining, they were grumbling with one another, they were talking behind the back of Jesus, behind the back of Zacchaeus. What's happening? What's going on? He's going to that guy's house? Doesn't he know that that house was bought? with our money. Money that He stole from us. Doesn't He know that this man is hated? That the religious leaders are angry at Him? The afraid of Him? They just couldn't imagine it. You see, for the people of Jericho, <coughs> the only way, the only way that they would now accept Zacchaeus... Was if Zacchaeus was to conform to their standards. Kailangan mag one to one see si Zacchaeus. Kailangan mag victory group, mag victory weekend, lahat na. Before we can accept him back into our society. The people of Jericho felt that Jesus thought the same way. That Zacchaeus, for in order for anyone. To accept Him, you to go through all of these religious loops. To conform to a standard. To do this in order to be accepted. To do this, this, this in order to be loved. To do this, this, and that to be part of this family, to be part of this community. But there's a vast difference between the people in Jericho and Jesus. The contrast between the grumbling, complaining of the crowd and the acceptance and grace of Christ in reaching out to a sinner by name—a stark difference, a vast difference. Are we part of this camp here? (laughs) But you know just share the gospel. Di Victory Weekend yun Invites a church, nipa go one to one. The standards that keep people at bay. Or are we part of this camp where Jesus all that Jesus did was come to the tree? Zacchaeus. Magtius for 4 Whatever, if we wanted to have fellowship with this man. Are we just, are we here and saying You sin? Hey kind out." It's okay. Let's go to church. You haven't read your Bible? It's <laughs> it's all right. Are we extending the same grace and acceptance that Christ did when he came through that tree where Zacchaeus was at? You know, there are people, whether in church or outside of church, who have been marginalized, who have been outcast. Who have been labeled hopeless and beyond redemption. Who just want to see Jesus, just like Zacchaeus. Yet sometimes it's us, the church, who would keep them at bay. You haven't done this. You haven't conformed to what I think you should be doing. When all they want to do is, Pero, sino ba tong Jesus na to? Mag one to one ka Mag repent This was the very first taste of grace and acceptance that Zacchaeus ever felt in years in years is mo one yan hated by people who used to be he used to be friends with now they burn those bridges because of what he has done people he used to hang out with after work wala na na sa He was all alone in isolation, living under hatred, being despised by his own people for the longest time until Jesus comes to him and extends grace and acceptance. Zacchaeus, I want to be with you. I want to go to your house. Accepting someone like Zacchaeus for the church today is somehow a compromise of our values when it should be the exercise of those same values. This imprisoned ex-mayor who is circulating the recent news, what if he was to walk in through these doors right now? What would be running in our minds? What's here? church, though he's not allowed here, he doesn't deserve to be here, he will burn, God will strike him down Jesus came up to him I know you I'm calling you by name I know what you've done, I'm not ignoring your sin but I know yet at the same time I know your pain And I'm accepting you. I'm extending grace to you. And here's what happened. I fellowship. Jesus hangs out with him. Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I'll pay back four times the amount. Half of what he has is wealth. He's giving now to the poor. The other half, sinasabi niya, Lord, the people I stole from, I'll give four times. Now, according to law, standard in, t- in paying back what you stole is twice. He's giving four times the amount. Now, did Jesus request any of this? Zacchaeus, wait lang Before I go into your home, you need to give back the money. Dimon sin not Jesus ini. Zacchaeus, Lord, Lord, Lord. Lord, I will give back my money. This money, I'll give to Bartimaeus. The people I stole, Lord, I will pay not just two times, I will pay four times as much. He was making restitution. Because of the grace that Jesus extended to this broken man, his heart that had been hardened became vulnerable now. It became open just because one man accepted him. One man extended grace towards him. One man loved him when nobody else would. And so his heart now was speaking. Lord, I really don't know, but this is what I can do. I will make it right with the people I have wronged. I will make it right to those who I have offended. I will do my part. In being reconciled to my fellow man. To my people. It wasn't a request. When Jesus extended his grace, there was no pretense, no obligation. There was no condition. It was just given. And it led to Zacchaeus being generous and proceeding to make right what was wrong. What sort of restitutions do we need to make in order to be reconciled with others? Maybe for some of us here, relationships that we've had, we grew up with them. They were at our wedding. Now we don't even see them anymore. We don't want to talk to them anymore. Maybe God is calling you today. Hey, I know it's hard. But I want you to make it right with this person. They may have been the one who wronged you. but I want you to make it right. When my wife and I get into an argument, after discussing heatedly, I to corner. He's the wrong. He's not. Until the Holy Spirit says, you <laughs> Okay, sorry Lord. I'm wrong. And to make it right, I have to buy her lipstick. All right. plus date, plus flowers. Well, no? But we need to make it right with the people who may have wronged us or we have wronged. Just like Zacchaeus here. And Jesus says to him in verse 9 and 10, Today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Jesus concludes his encounter with Zacchaeus, reminding everyone that the grace of God is available to those who are lost, those who are broken, those who are seemingly beyond hope. His journey with Zacchaeus is a message To the people of Jericho as well. No one is beyond hope when Christ and His grace comes into play. This is a picture of a sycamore tree. Not the one that Zacchaeus climbed. But in Jewish culture, a sycamore, in their language, represents restoration. Imagine that. Zacchaeus climbed up a tree of restoration. Jesus came to him to provide that restoration. Wow. Jesus knew that Zacchaeus needed more than just a glimpse of who he was. He knew that Zacchaeus needed restoration. What kind of restoration? Jesus restored the identity of Zacchaeus. He restores our identity. Zacchaeus, the name Zacchaeus, if you look it up, means pure, means innocent, means righteous. A far cry from who he is in this passage. Layo, no? He's supposed to be pure as his namesake. But he was living in sin and conducting all of these immoral things. Yet, because of his encounter with Jesus, he changed his ways and went above and beyond to make things right. To live, to, to overcome his past, and to live up to his name. Of course, it did not happen overnight, but he is living towards that. He's walking towards that. And that was because of his encounter with Jesus. His encounter with Jesus restored him back to who he is. Hey, you are a man who is pure. You have been named innocent. And I am restoring that in your life. And when he says that you are a son of Abraham, imagine, he is a Jew. Yet it's as if the people, his fellow Jews, kicked him out of the family. Again, the the Israelites were the people of God. They were kicking him out of this people of God. You do not deserve to be part of this. Because of what you have done. You have broken the laws of Moses. And Jesus is saying. When Jesus said and confirmed. You are, he, is, he is too a son of Abraham. Jesus is saying. You are part of this family. He is bringing back his identity. As being part of the lineage of Abraham. As part of the people of Abraham. As part of the promise. That God made with Abraham. Back in Genesis 12. Jesus restored him back. To who he is to his history, to the promises that God has for him. Restored him back to his identity as a recipient of the covenant promise that God made with Abraham. Wow. Jesus restored him, his identity, restored who he was. Jesus restores our relationship with God as well. When Jesus saw Zacchaeus, again, Zacchaeus is climbing up this tree All he wanted to do, and he was fine with it, was to see Jesus. Not only to find out that Jesus was looking for him. Yes, Jesus had no agenda in coming to Jericho. But the moment he saw uh, Zacchaeus up in that tree, I must go there. Because Jesus came to seek and save the lost. To seek and save the broken. To bring about restoration in the lives of people like Zacchaeus. And when he said, I must stay in your house today, he was bringing him into a relationship with him. Maybe for some of us, Jesus wants to restore that relationship he has with us. Jesus claims a relationship with Zacchaeus when he calls him by name. Zacchaeus, I know you. I want to be with you. I want to enter into your home. I want to enter into your life. Jesus restores our relationship with God. And finally, Jesus restores our relationship with the community. Again, it does not say here what happened if Zacchaeus made good on his promise to the Lord. But I would like to think that he did. And it probably looked like something like this. Zacchaeus would go up to a neighbor of his, somebody that he extorted from, knock on the door, the one opening the door is the son of the owner of the house. Ah, uh, sino po sila? Ah, zakiyus po. Ah, saan po yung tatay mo? Ah, sige po, tatawagin ko na lang. Calls his dad. Tay, si Tito... Z- Hindi yan Tito mo. Zakiyus? Oh, Ano Anong kailangan niya? Huh? Binayaro ko na last week eh. Walks up to the door. Ano kila ah, Hello po. Ito po. Hands him a bag with money. And it's dad, the owner of the house. Ano to. Diba, nakita, What's this? What, what? And he grabs the bag. Ano meron. What's the catch? Diba? Parang iniisip niya, may gusto na to eh. Opens the bag. at na po, ha. Ito po. Parang, and he goes on to explain what happened in his encounter with Jesus and how he wants to make it right with the people he has wronged. And he's a little skeptic. This owner of the house counts it. Alam niya eh, how much he has given out. Zacchaeus, sober, so Pa ah. kaya ano meron? Ay, ne, okay lang yan para sa yun, yan. You can just imagine one by one, Zacchaeus is going from house to house, not just paying that, them back in full, but paying up four times the amount that he stole, and at the same time sharing his testimony of how he encountered Jesus, and so you can just imagine that mindsets of who he was, hatred and all of these thoughts of who he was are now slowly breaking all because of his encounter with Jesus because grace changes everything. Imagine this encounter with Jesus began to slowly change the community, making things right with his fellow man. Here's the thing. Did Zacchaeus deserve any of this? Any of the the hatred and animosity that people had towards him? Yes. He did deserve it because he was in the wrong. But that's the beauty of the grace of God. The grace of God that was freely given to all. How beautiful, how amazing is this grace of God that Zacchaeus himself was able to recognize, I have been accepted by Christ. Jesus extended that same acceptance, that same grace to him, and Zacchaeus recognized that. As I end, you see, even in our times of desperation and brokenness, God's grace is available to provide the restoration we need. Don't think that you are beyond hope. Don't think you're beyond help. Don't think you're beyond God's grace because you're not. God's grace is available to each and every one of us. And whatever kind of restoration that we need today, His grace is more than sufficient to provide that restoration that we need. Lord, thank you. Lord, we did not earn it. We don't deserve it. Yet you poured out your grace, your love upon each and every one of us. It wasn't anything that we did, yet you came And You gave Yourself up so that we can be accepted. We can know who You are. We can be overwhelmed by Your grace and Your love and Your mercy and Your goodness and Your kindness. And so even right now, Father, I pray, I just sense that there are even lies that have been spewed at You. Just as we were singing that on singing that song, believe the Lord is tearing down those lies right now. Those lies of the enemy about who you are. Jesus is tearing those lies down. That is not who you are, because you are mine, you are my son, you are my daughter. And those lies do not define who you are. So, Lord, I pray that you would restore your people back to who you have called them to be. Men and women of purpose. Men and women of your grace. Men and women of your love. Men and women who would walk in Christ-likeness. Another group of people I want to pray for with every head bowed and eyes closed. I believe some of you here today I believe God wants to restore you back to Him. Yes, you may have been following him for the longest time. You were a Christian since birth. You grew up in Sunday school and all that. Yet somehow, you find yourself wayward. You find yourself in darkness. You find yourself in the wilderness. And the Lord is saying, I want to restore you back into a relationship with me. Into a flourishing, intimate relationship with me. And I want to know who I'm talking, who I'm praying for. And if that's you, kindly lift up your hands. You can put it down right away. Thank you. Thank you for the hand. Thank you. Thank you for the hand. Thank you. Lord, you see these hands. You know these men and women, Lord God. And Lord, I pray, Father, you would draw them once again to you. Lord, I pray that you would recognize their faith and their desperation and their need for you. And I pray, Lord God, that you would come and come to that spot. Just as you did with Zacchaeus, you came to that spot. I pray that you would come to where they are right now and call them by name and say to them, Lord, you are mine. You are mine and there is nothing the enemy can do. There is nothing that anyone can do to take that away from you. My love, my grace. Because you, my son, my daughter, you are chosen. You are holy. You are righteous. You are forgiven. So Lord, I pray that you would bring about restoration just as Christ was sent here to be reconciled, reconciling men and women to you. Lord, I pray that you would remind your people once again. Another group of people I want to pray for, maybe there's some of you here today, you need to be restored to this person in your life a relationship that was broken, a relationship that you just said, I don't want anything to do with this person. And God is saying, no, I'm calling you to be reconciled with that person once again. And whatever restitution that you need to make, you need to come before God and say, Lord, what can I do? What should I do? And just allow the Spirit of God to speak to you to direct your steps and lead you into reconciliation because when Christ came here on earth, He did not just come to reconcile us us, to God, but He came to reconcile us with one another. And I want to know who I'm praying for If that's you and you know in your heart that you need to be reconciled with this person, with a brother, with a sister, with a father, with a friend, just kindly lift up your hands and you can put it down right away. Thank you. Thank you for the hand. Thank you. Thank you for the hand. Lord, I thank you for these people. Lord, you have called us to live in community, to live in relationship with one another, to love our neighbor as you, have loved, our, as you have loved us. And so, Lord, I pray that you would bring about restoration right now. Lord, I pray whatever they need to do in order to be reconciled with these people in their lives, Lord, I pray that you would give them just the, the, the compassion, the love, overwhelm them with your love, Father God, so that they can move in righteousness. They can move according to your word. Lord, even right now, I pray for each and every person in this place. Father, I pray that your grace will overwhelm us. Not just to bring about change in our own lives, but to bring about change in our homes, in our campuses, in our offices, in our families. Lord, we thank you for your grace that changes everything. For the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. May God bless you all. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.